this is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, takes the right, gets to the 20. He's in the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks his hard tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's down to the 20. He's down to the 10. He's down to the 5. He's in the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 96-yard run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Sweeps down the sideline. Throws off bodies like clothes after a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He died, touchdown 49ers. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down in post, and it's good. Click, click, boom! What's going on, faithfuls? It's your boy Mike from the Nothing But Niners crew, and we are back. I know, guys, I made a mistake. I made a big, big goof. I put 9.45 instead of 9.15 in the start time, and we started going live at 9.15. So for everyone who saw the alert, I sincerely apologize. Um, I just, I don't know, dyslexic, I, I don't know. I, I got a little excited watching football and setting up stuff and everything. But we are here, guys. We want to thank you all for rocking out with us, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let me run through these formalities really quick, just bust these things down real quick, and then uh, we'll get into the action, all right? If it's your first time here on the YouTube page, do us a favor. Please hit that like, hit that subscribe, and turn on your notifications, okay? Um, this is going to be very, very important. Now, unlike tonight, right? <laughs> unlike tonight where um, we ask you guys to turn on your notifications, um, usually they're accurate when you do get the alert early. Tony's over there spilling something. I don't know what's going on with my man. But uh, I made a little bit of a goof, so I apologize. But turn on those notifications so you know exactly when we are going live, all right? Give us a follow on some of our social media pages. We have Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. Those handles are nothing but 9ERS. That is the number 9, nothing but 9ERS. Then we have Facebook and Twitch. You guys can follow us there. That is nothing but Niners. That is spelled all the way out. You guys want to be uh, part of you know the exclusive community over here, man. Guys, patreon.com slash nb 9 ERS is the place to be. Our Patreon page is the place to be. I promise you guys will enjoy it. So get your butts on over there. If you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for the show, feedback, or anything like that, guys, you can send us an email. NB9ERS at nothingbutniners.com. I'm your guy, Mike Andrews83. And to my right is my guy, Tony, also known as NJ Niner Fan 499 on the Twitters. What's going on, big dog? How you doing? Good. What's up, man? Just here to talk a little. <coughs> Sorry, 49 football tonight. I uh, got a good game coming up this week versus the Denver Broncos. Um, yeah, I'm watching football myself now uh, on the Prime TV. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. I'm sure we got a bunch of shit to talk about. There's a bunch of tweets coming out and questions being asked and stuff like that. 
but uh, we'll try to cover most of it tonight. Yeah, we'll have some fun with all this stuff, man. Um, you know, we uh, can you that that last one that you sent me? Can you send it to me in WhatsApp? Can you can you just paste that link to me in WhatsApp? Um, you know, we're gonna we're, we are gonna have a lot of fun with tonight's episode. So we want to thank you guys. Now we know it's supposed to be TNF, and that stands for Thursday Night Football. But uh, this is gonna be the Niner Fix. That's what TNF stands for here on. Uh oh, what's that face? That's what TNF stands for here on uh, nothing but Niners. All right, we go live every Thursday night. Oh my God, and Joku just won't go down. He had to have gotten hit like twelve times right there. That was crazy. Um, but this is going to be the Niner fix, okay? This is going to be the Niner fix. We're going to have a lot of fun. All right. Um, yeah, the sunglasses are gone. I got my eyeball back, guys. I'm good over here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock up. No eye patch. I went to the follow-up this morning. He gave me some prescription drops, and uh, we, we're ready to rock and roll. Now, let's start with the latest news and rumors around the 49ers. Uh, Tony, Talanoa Hufunga is pretty freaking good. Um, now, I don't remember the last time we had a show. Uh, did we talk about this when the last time you were on? Because I do want to get your input on this. No, we didn't talk about it. PFF's top five graded safeties in the NFL. Uh, we're going to skip while reading the whole list, but the top two, uh, the top five guys here, number two is Talanoa Hufunga for the 49ers. And by the way, he's only behind Mika, Mika Fitzpatrick by like less than five, uh, half a percent or half a point. Yeah. And then number five is Tashawn Gibson Sr. All right. Uh, so, Tony, man, what are your thoughts on how the safeties have performed so far throughout the season? And uh, do you think this is a result of the system or are these guys actually that good um i'm gonna speak on hufunga right now and then we'll go to gibson um hufunga you know coming out of usc he was that guy he was that high iq very instinctive football player always around the ball flying around making open field tackles all that stuff right but then the question came in about his speed where he timed out in in the draft process which was poor for safety um so they brought him in in the fifth round, he's, he actually was awarded the Golden Helmet Award. And that's like a very high standard for the prospects that the 49ers uh, scouting division and Adam Peters, they uh, they give this award to people who feel like, you know, you know, uh, talent, uh, off the field, character, work ethic, IQ, all these things, they're, they have elite traits in. And that's why they're awarded that um, helmet, the Golden Helmet. So – you know, with that being said, we spoke about this last year. Can he be a starter year one? Um, I think we all agreed on it. No, he was not ready to be a starter. But as the season went on, you saw the team start throwing him in and putting him in situations and actually pulling Tart off the field and putting him in situations with, with Jimmy Ward. So, you know, it, it's kind of like they saw something with him, you know, during the season, how he was developing, you know, from week in and week out throughout the remainder of the season. And their eyes lit up, and they they honestly feel they found something good in the fifth round, which is an ongoing thing with this team. Um, the one main concern was that time speed. But, you know, we spoke about this at nauseum. Like, we just keep beating it to a dead, to a dead pulp. But his IQ and his instincts are so damn good. It makes up for his lack of speed. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like this. He's just that good of a football player in between his ears. So, you know, 
it's a bonus. He's playing lights out. I still think he is going to be tested before this season's over. Teams are going to start scheming to go at him and see how he responds. Um, but listen, so far, going into week three, I am very impressed. All over the field, clearly the best top two players going in – well, at this point going into week three that performed in this season. I'm very happy with him. I'm The team is very happy with him. And he's almost taking that leader role now that Jimmy Ward's out. All right. Now, before you get to Gibson, actually, no, let me get your, let me get your response on Gibson also. And then I'm going to ask you a question about the two, the safety tandem that we've been through uh, a couple of questions about the safety tandem. So that I did discuss this on here. You, were you not on the Tuesday show? Well, that was with me, you and breezy, but we, we left. I thought we just, all right, never mind. Maybe we didn't discuss it. So, no, you stayed on. Yeah, but I wouldn't discuss that without you guys. At least I don't think I would have. Maybe I would have. All right, I don't know, but I'm sorry. So uh, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it now, though, because I do like to get everyone's input on it. And people like hearing from you guys as well. Part of the reason that people tune in to our channel, it's not all the all the different, you know, everyone's discussing this stuff, right? But they want to hear what Tony has to say. They want to hear what Wayne has to say. So uh, and here they just want to make fun of me because I like Kello Witherspoon. I see, I see you guys in the chat. Y'all ain't low. Y'all ain't low. Sorry. I love y'all anyway. But go ahead, man. So uh, your thoughts on Deshaun Gibson Sr., man. My man has bounced around all over the NFL, and uh, he's he's here and and doing some doing, right? Like, what's going on with him? Is, is this a fluke? Is this the system? Like, what? who is this guy? No, definitely. Um, they picked him up. He actually played, uh, I believe, in Jacksonville when Sala was there. Um, so – the base of the defense that was, I believe that was under Gus Bradley, if I remember correctly. The base of the defense, I think so, yeah. So the, the the foundation of the defense is pretty similar to what that was in Jacksonville. Obviously, D'Amico Ryans came in and put his twists and touch onto this defense and made his adjustments going forward, um, as he should, because he is the new defensive coordinator. But the fundamental there. So it was an easy sign to take him and be like, okay, listen, we're going to get him on the practice squad, see how long it takes him to adjust. Bro, he was active for week one. He was signed like what? The last week in preseason? He jumped right up to the week one, and then they kept him on there as a permanent um, uh, player on the active 53 now. So he's not going to be going back and forth, I don't think, anymore. So right. um, it speaks a lot. It was a great play by Hufunga. I honestly said when we were – I think we were watching it live – Oh, no, we weren't watching a lot because you were at the game. In text message, um, Hufunga should have made that pick. It should have been Gibson. It should have been Hufunga. It went right through his hands. But still, the instincts, he broke on the ball, deflected the ball, and Gibson was at the right spot at the right time and made the pick. It was a great play by Gibson, but Hufunga definitely should have came down with the ball. Even more impressive. All right, maybe not more impressive. The tip was very, very impressive, right? Mm. But – Hufunga's ability to identify the rest of the field. I don't know if you noticed, as soon as he saw that Gibson grabbed the ball, he broke mm -hmm. to the other side of the field because that was the open side. Like yeah. that was where no, like if I think if Gibson had followed him over there, he had a convoy in front of him. It probably would have been a pick six or he would have yeah. ran out of gas. But I'm telling you, he he's got a very that way to start blocking he's immediately. It was very impressive. He's got a very high IQ, that kid, man. He's got a very high football IQ. And he, it just seems like he's always a step ahead in the game. And listen, I, it's going to happen where he gets beat. I'm telling you, he's 
It's going to happen. People are going to put him in tough situations where he needs to make a decision, and it might not be the right one. But I think his just ability as a, as a, as a safety, and, and and they're doing this without Jimmy Ward. So imagine when Jimmy Ward comes back, how much better it's going to be on the back end. And to be honest with you, I think Hufunga and Gibson are playing better than it, when Tart was back there with Jimmy. And I'm not saying Gibson's better, but there's no it doesn't seem like there's a drop off in communication. It's never well, timeout. I gotta stop. I, I, you're getting to the questions. I'm gonna start asking you a little bit. So I, I like where you're going here. Go ahead. Because the the St. Brown touchdown versus the Bears, I still don't know who that guy. I I, I you know I don't have the playback option. I just keep watching the highlights on like YouTube. And I still can't figure out whose assignment that was. Right. I still can't. That's all right. It's all good. So this is actually going to lead to my next point. Uh, teams weren't afraid to take shots on the 49ers the last four or five seasons. And when I say shots, I mean downfield passes. Tony, we haven't seen any. Let's, the first game we know with the Typhoon game. All right. Then this last game, it's Geno Smith. Are these two guys benefiting not only from the system, but the fact that teams aren't trying to go deep on the Niners? I think are, they're benefiting. They benefiting from that. I think they're benefiting from the front four. I think with the, the pressure that the front four applies, granted they were not getting home as much as I thought they would versus Seattle. Yeah, I thought they were, yeah. I thought they're going to be a lot more sacks, but I, I just feel that the consistent generate generating pressure from the front four is causing the quarterbacks to drop their eyes and stop looking at the deep and come closer for a quick dump off. So right. I think it works hand in hand. And to be honest with you, Charvarius Ward and Mosley are playing lights out at corner. Those two guys are playing really sound football and it's tying in all together because of that defensive line. You understand what I'm saying? It is a well-created defense if you look at it. And this is me taking my 49er hat off and all. I'm saying as a football person, the way they constructed this defense, you have speed outside, you have speed at the second level, you have speed at the defensive line. The back end is where you're lacking. But when I coached, I wasn't a defensive coordinator. I was more on the offensive side, but I used to coach the linebackers. And I remember our defensive back coach was 100% pounding in your head. Nobody gets behind you. Nobody. So if you want to drop an extra five yards, nobody gets behind you. And, and think about it, right? So if you're lined up at like 12 yards and you drop another five to eight, you're at 20 yards, right, from the line of scrimmage. With that pressure coming in as fast as it could, it's hard to get that read and get and launch it. You know what I'm saying? So it, right. it kind of works hand in hand. The deficiency of the speed works with the pressure of the front. Now, we did see the one shot that Geno Smith did take. It was actually a completed pass, but there was a flag on the play. The Niners right. benefited from it. Uh, do you think that that's something that – and, you know, we're not going to do the whole game preview right now. or not, we're not not in depth anyway. You think that's something that Russell Wilson sees and is familiar with with the Niners? We can do these things. We can get penalties on this team going deep. Uh do you think that's something that we see a little bit more of? I do think Russell will test them. Um, okay. But I just feel their speed guy, Judy, I know they have Hamlin, 
But Judy is really in doubt for this week because he's still yet to yeah. practice. And today's what Thursday, mm-hmm. so that doesn't you know sound good for them. Um, but the deep guy doesn't look like he's going to play. Hamlin might be able to take that rollover, but I don't see any other deep threat on that team off the top of my head. I don't know the roster offhand, but I, I just will tell you this. Russell Wilson's going to be facing – in my opinion, Russell Wilson looks like a different quarterback. He doesn't look like he did when he was with the Seahawks. He doesn't have that dominating run game like he had with Marshawn Lentz con- consistently handing the ball off to him or even Chris Carson in, in towards the latter part of his career with the Seahawks. So, And I think the Niners' defensive line can give fits to that offensive line. So I, I just think if the Niners can play their game, run the ball – Possession, you know, ground and pound, possess the ball high. Uh, you know, I'm looking for between 35. I'm probably looking at 35 attempts this game with the run game, but that's a different topic. But I, I just feel if that if they can get home, Russell doesn't move as fast as he used to. I don't know if you noticed that, but he's not as quick or twitchy anymore. He'll move, but he's the type of guy that's going to be like, okay, I see something, I'm just going to run, and then I'm going to slide. So – He's that type of quarterback where Dre Greenlaw, you have to play discipline. Aziz, you have to play discipline. Discipline. You can't come in flying with your head at the last minute because he's going to bait you, and he's damn good at it. So right. this is going to be a very disciplined attack on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. I like it, man. Uh, we're going to see what these guys have. Um, and the good thing is this. This is what I will say. Jimmy Ward is a better guy to cover deep. So by the time teams start testing us deep, Jimmy Ward will be back there. I think the interceptions kind of falter a little bit when that happens, but the coverage will improve deeper down the field. And fortunately for us, we haven't seen a lot of that uh, happening just as of yet. So I like it a lot. Um, now, we have a couple of other things that we need to get to here. Uh, so let's, let's, keep, let's keep these things moving here. Um, did we talk about – we did talk about um, – we we did talk about the uh uh the fifty three man roster and the changes and, and and all that right on Tuesday with Marlon Mack we we discussed that already okay yes. good. good 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 all right so more 49ers news okay uh, this is going to be uh, all the stuff that's going on with the team right now uh, Jack Hammer says here the 49ers offense has the seventh best starting field position in the league through the first two weeks they were ranked 29th in this category last season towards the bottom of the league last season here we are towards the top tony what do you attribute this to are we do we have a phenomenal return guy is the defense just that good what 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 is happening with the niners this off season or uh this season so far that we have such good starting field position i just think it's a combination of our defense and i think it's a common it's a combination with the defense and the special teams uh i i do think the coverage units in the in the regular season, look a lot better. There's a Uh-oh. lot. There, there. What happened? I think Trubisky's hurt. Uh, I saw him drop to his knee. He stood back up. Sorry, I saw him drop to his knee. Um, no, it's fine. Um, I, I just feel that they're more well coached and they're more well. They're they're playing with a lot more aggression. It seems like okay. They added three nice pieces to their special teams. We spoke spoke about it all off season. Odom, Burks, and um, Ray Ray uh, McLeod. Um, so 
they're nice pieces. Like, you know, not a lot of teams can sit there and say, I want to spend money to improve my special teams because a lot of teams don't have the ability to do that. The Niners figured a way to do it this year, and they did it, and it's paying off. You know, Trevarius Moore is turning into an excellent gunner. Several times I've seen him on punts being the first man down there. I'm guessing Odin's playing the up-back role or the other gunner. Uh, Burks is flying down on tackles, so the coverage is there today. They're getting downfield. They're surrounding a returner. They're not giving anything up, um, and, and that and that's pretty much it, and that's what you want to see. Yeah, now he said the Niners starting field position, which is a reflection of when we are receiving punts and receiving kickoffs. It's not a reflection of how we are when we're the ones that are punting and kicking off. I wonder what those numbers are like, how the opponents are starting. You know what I mean? I think I think it's pretty fine, especially when Seattle didn't cross the 50. I think they crossed the 50 twice this 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 week, three times maybe, one on a, a penalty, and that was it. I mean, even Chicago. Chicago didn't get down the field over our 50 a lot. They had the blown assignment, the two blown assignments. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I don't think it's offensively. I think it's – I mean, it could be pertained to offensively, but I think it's more pertained to the defense, how the defense is playing and how they're covering those kicks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you were talking about something with Hufunga. You said that last year they started mixing him in with uh, Ward, right, even when Tart was healthy. Uh, now, we know this team likes to groom guys uh, for the next season. All right? We're seeing a little bit of that now with Aaron Banks replacing – uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, and in my opinion, through two games, playing better than what Lincoln was playing. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that, that's how I see it. You can let me know. Um, do you think that's what was going on last year with Hufunga? And if so, um, can you name other players that you think that happened with as well? Um, trying to think. Hufunga is definitely one of them. Uh, Banks, we all know Banks' situation. Kyle said he felt he was ready to start last year, but the offensive line came together as a unit, so you know that's that. Uh, Burford, you really can't say because it's his first year as a starter. Uh, Brendel, he was the backup center all year last year. He's the starter. And I got to be honest with you, the interior offensive line, which was a major worry coming in, in my opinion, I think they're playing pretty damn well, and they faced a big man in Al Woods last week who was a true nose tackle and lined up head on with Brendel and, you know, inside, uh, in, outside shoulder, outside shoulder on Brendel in between the, the guard, the a gap. So that, that's, a, that's a challenge, you know, for new, new guys and experienced guys, you know, communications key. Um, we saw, I sent you a couple clips today. I saw, I think the kid, uh, Brad Graham, I think his name is he uh, sent, he made a couple nice posts on banks and it seems like, Trent Williams and Banks are just about there in communication and knowing the way they play and playing together as a unit. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this line continues to progress. I mean, they're going to be facing a decent pass rusher in Gregory this week. Uh, they have the Chubb as well. Um, they have uh, DJ Jones, former 49er on the interior. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a handful for Brendel and um, – uh, Banks or Burford, wherever they line up. But I, I just got to be honest with you. I was very impressed with Burford and Banks this week. And the and, and, and Brendel, I thought they played well. There they was zero push. sacks. Yeah, there <laughs> were zero sacks and only two pressures between the three of them. 
consistent push. Even McGlinchey played okay. Like McGlinchey's play improved, and it's you know not the pass side of it. It's the run blocking. I seen him get down twice. You know when they when they come out in unison and they 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 take their step play side and they just go and they just move that wall down and they just first guy in front of them they lay him out and I saw McGlinchey do it twice. So, you know. It, they're not perfect. They still have a lot of work to do. They still have to continue to gel and be on the same page and develop that continuity. But it's 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 better than what it could have been. Yeah. 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 I do think that Brindell was being groomed all along to take Alex Mack's job. Uh, I do think that Aaron Banks was being groomed to take the job from uh, Lincoln Tomlinson. And I do think Hufunga was being groomed all along to take the job from Tart. Uh, Tart was available three times this offseason. You know, one, when we let him go, then after he signed, uh, no, then he was a free agent for a little bit. We still chose not to bring him back in. Uh, then he signed and then was released again. And they still said, nah, we're good with Hufunga. Uh, and I don't think that there's anybody out there saying, yeah, we made a mistake. So it seems like this team has a good idea of uh, what they're looking for. And that's going to lead me to my next question to you before we start looking into this game. Um, you know, the corners that we have. This is Emmanuel Mosley's last year. You mentioned how well they're playing on the outside, right? Um, do you think Mosley gets extended, or are they working on something with uh, Lenore, maybe maybe Thomas? Like, what what do you think is happening? Or, you know, and we also still have to worry about other guys coming back, like Jason Verrett, who should be back up and, and suited up in, in two weeks. Jason Verrett and Jimmy Ward both should be healthy. I don't know if if uh, Verrett makes it to the act of 53, but this is, this is very interesting. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's a good point. I, I just feel that, like you said, this team has a pattern, right? When they're, when they're ready to make a decision on a player, it's about to become in the last year of his deal going into free agency, the final year, they make a move for somebody or they start developing somebody. Um, my personal opinion, and I don't, I'm, I'm kind of glad Breezy's not here because I don't want him to get upset. I, I think they lost a little confidence in Ambry Thomas. And that's why they went out and spent the money they did in Trevarius Ward. Um, there is a possibility where they could turn around and say, listen, Mosley, we want you back. It doesn't hurt. We want you back. This is where we're at. And if they can come together similar to like a Dre Greenlaw, like see how Dre maneuvered the money and came, you know, the Dre Greenlaw deal is a pretty fair deal, if you ask me, for both the player and team. Um well, it's going to be interesting. Listen, these guys love the culture in that building, right? And it was set by Kyle and John. So some, some of these guys might say, listen, I'll take a couple million less to stay here. So he could be the perfect scenario, Mosley. And, you know, if it doesn't happen that way, you you have Lenore, you have um, Thomas, you have Verrett. But the question with Verrett is Verrett's getting up in age. He's coming off an ACL, Right. So now you're willing to bank on Verrett, God willing, and I'm pulling for him, but the track record isn't there. He comes back, he plays well, you extend him to another deal, and what happens, God forbid, he gets hurt. Now you're depend, you're forced to depend on Thomas and Lenore. Um, so it, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be something you have to keep an eye on. You have to watch, you know, because this team is very slick in how they do things with rotations and stuff like that. So the rotations will tell you a lot on what this team thinks about the next guy up for 2023. 
All right, let's get uh, let's start talking about this Niners team, man. Let's start looking at some numbers here, man. Uh, Tony, I, I found uh, this this page here on NFL.com. We're gonna do a little bit of comparing and contrasting 49ers to the Browns. I don't know if you can see this here, uh, but what this what this says here: uh, total first downs for the 49ers, 42. They've only allowed 29, uh, which is interesting considering how many penalties we had in that first game. That is this is two games. This is two game yeah. only. Yeah, through the two games. Yeah, so it's not being updated as this game is being played. Because you said it was the Browns. Know. No, no, no. This is the 49ers right here. I I have another one for the Browns. I thought you said the Browns. Right too. I'm no, no, I'm sorry. I I have this for the Niners and the Browns. This is just the 49ers right here. Okay. So the 49ers have um have earned 42 first downs, while their opponents have only allowed 29. Um, and then there's the breakdown of how the first downs come. But then here you have the third down conversions, right? And I thought this was very interesting. The Niners here are uh, doing uh, – they're allowing th- just 33% of third down conversions to their opponents. I think that's interesting. And if you they're look at, at – 46% 43, maybe? 43, 44. About 44% converting on our third downs. And fourth downs we're doing not too good. Um, just under 50% there, probably about 40% as well. Um, but then you see total offensive yards. We're, we In two games, 300 I – mean, I'm sorry, 300. I was going to say an average of 352. Um, 704 yards of offense for the Niners. We've only allowed 420. Um, then you can see the number of offensive plays, 137 versus just 103. We're getting these guys off the field quickly. You see the total rushing yards, 365 versus only 135 through two games. But look that at is, the average yards per play. Right, right. And, 4. and, and 4. stats, like, never mind. I'm not going there, but whatever. It's a whole yard over the opponent, and it's from, it's five yards a pop, over five yards a pop. Yeah, yeah, yep, running the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then even with even with the passing game, uh, if you want to look at that now, the passing game is where the Niners are struggling. This is this is a concern. Only 28 completions where we've allowed 32 completions. Um, we've thrown one interception. We have three interceptions. Uh, we're averaging 6.7 yards of completion while our opponents are averaging just under six. Um, we have three sacks. No, that can't be right. We've allowed three sacks mm-hmm. and we have four sacks in total on the season uh, and the field goals were at 75% four total touchdowns for the team. Um, we don't need to see the rest of that there. Um, but the important one there for me is third down conversions, what we're allowing versus uh, what we're getting. And if you look at the Bron- Broncos, this is where it gets really interesting to me. The Broncos are also, they're also in the third down conversions there. That's exactly 33% as well. That's incredible, right? Now they're they're less than fifty percent. Also, what is that? Eleven of twenty-seven. It said eleven of twenty-seven is forty percent. So let's just say forty-one. Let's round up. We're a little bit better than them there. But if you look at their passing yards, this is where it's really different here. The 49ers, I don't know if you guys remember, it was like six point seven. They're doing a yard more than us per completion. They have a, a just as good of a field goal uh, percentage, and they also only have two touchdowns. All right, where the Niners have three. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. 
This is going to be an interesting game. This is going to be, uh, I think, strength against strength. You know what I mean? Our, our past defense seems to be playing pretty well. Their passing game is their bread and butter. Their rushing game is not as good. But is it because they're not they're, they're not running the ball as much? They're up at 4.9 yards a carry in the rushing game, where the Niners were at 4.7. You know? Now the Broncos are allowing 4.2. That bodes well for the Niners. Of that course. bodes really, really well. For the Niners, uh, any of these numbers stand out to you? Anything that you want to touch on here um, with 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 what we're seeing here? I, I just feel like it just tells you what the 49ers are about. They're about playing defense and running the ball, right? Yeah. And, and, and it screams it. It screams it in the stats. Like our our passing stats are off balance compared to what Denver does because they're more of a pass heavy team than the 49ers are. So the numbers are going to be better because they're get they're doing it more. Getting more yardage per attempt, and it, it's more time with the air tra- with the ball traveling through the air in the game than the 49ers do when they pass, right? So I just think now with Trey out, I think it's going to be the 30 to 35 rush attempts again, and everything will be off the play action. This is what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, right? Because he's sick and tired of the defense always being gassed in situations when they can't get the passing game and it's sputtering and get it off the ground and making throws down the field. Now, you know, we'll get into something else in a little bit later in the show, but it seems like, I don't know if it was because of the game plan and the way Jimmy came in in a situation that he came in with and Kyle stuck with the game plan for Trey, but Jimmy threw, made a couple throws outside the numbers and made a couple throws downfield. And it's, you know, he made a couple nice ones and then he made a couple bad ones. So it's typical Jimmy situation. So that's why I just feel that the the 49ers are a run team. The 49ers are built for the playoffs. They're not going to be a team that blows through a schedule, blowing teams out. They're going to do enough to win the games. And then when it's time to face this team in the playoffs, that's where everyone gets like, holy shit, we got to face this team. All they do is run the ball and play defense, and that puts your offense on the sideline. So a good run game – Right, is your best weapon because it's a killing the clock. B, you're possessing the ball. C, you have to score when you're holding the ball on an eight-minute drive in a quarter. Your defense is resting for eight minutes, but then it's keeping the offense on the sideline, and they're not allowed to get into a rhythm. So, championship teams have good run games. I don't care what anyone says, and the perfect example for it was the Buffalo Bills and Jim Kelly. They threw the ball all over the place. They screened the ball all over the place. Yes, they tried to run the ball, but they weren't a team that was going to line up in an I formation or a split back formation with 21 personnel and continue to run the ball game, maintaining success and and getting success on drives, meaning first downs and putting points on the board. So everyone wants to rip Kyle for, you know, not running the ball in the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? My man's on an average of what thirty-two and a half, I think, attempts a game. He's, he's doing rush. what he wants to do. Let's see what we do, and that's it. That's what we're going to do. This is what Kyle wanted to do. He wants to run the ball and let this high-powered defense do what they need to do when they need to do it. Mute. You're on mute. You're on mute. Shit. Sorry, <laughs> good catch. Uh, I said, you mentioned something about Jimmy throwing the ball downfield a little bit more outside the numbers and all. 
Uh, we might as well go ahead and get into this right now because uh, this is going to be something that is going to blow up on Twitter, I'm sure. Uh, this is going to be something that people are talking about. Uh, did you did you happen to catch the pressers today, or did you, you at least know where we're going with this, right? I didn't catch the presser. I saw the tweet on uh, Twitter, and uh, there's a reason behind why that tweet was put out there. Um, All right. We, so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we are going to uh, play a video here. Uh, this is from the 49ers presser today. This view and angle specifically from uh, the reporter who asked the question, Grant Cohn. So uh, let's take a look at this here and uh, see what what's being said. I want to make sure you guys can hear it. Again, um, and you were really pushing the ball down <clears throat> more than you had the past couple of years. Is that something that you're consciously would you like to do this year is push the ball down? I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go with that, obviously. But yeah, I love doing that stuff. Uh, in 17, we kind of, there was a freedom where me, the receivers, tight ends, we had a good uh, chemistry going. And I mean, when you get that with offensive skills and a quarterback, it, it makes for a tough, tough offense. I don't know. I mean, that's a fair question. Um, I, I think we'll see that as we go forward. But I don't know. The more the more freedom you have as a quarterback, obviously, you, you play better, you're more confident, and good things will happen. And, um, and you were really pushing the all right so that's the quote there um tony you said that this was asked for a reason first before you give a response this questions like that are why i like grant Cohn. just to, let me be clear here those are the questions that we all have been wondering right how many times have we discussed just on this show is kyle holding the quarterbacks back too much is he too controlling you know what I'm saying? We've asked these kind of questions here, and we've we've the reason why we've asked it is because Jimmy Garoppolo has gone to the podium before and said things along the lines of, you know, I just I just run the plays that are called, you know, uh, I I throw where they where the play is designed to go, things like that. So um, it's it's interesting when that's what comes out, uh, and now this. What are your thoughts on this here? Um, and go okay. away wherever you want. Well, here's the thing: we all know Grant for being Grant, right? So what does he do? He knew Jimmy Garoppolo is in a, in, a, in a situation right now where he don't give a shit. He was brought back. He's a little mad that Trey was the starter, whatever. As much as he says he gets along with Trey and everything's good, it is what it is. So he found the weak spot in Jimmy and he attacked it, right? He knew Jimmy was going to talk, okay? Grant went, after, uh, Grant went after Kyle with the whole thing, with the choice of running selections with Trey Lance, whatever it is, what it is. So he went to Jimmy now knowing after he saw him throw the ball, he went to him saying, like, you know, all right, let's see what I get out of Jimmy. And Jimmy bit. Jimmy spoke. All right? So that's good. Grant did his job. He got the player to speak. But let's just pull the reins back a little bit. Right, and, and and let's look at Jimmy's history of throwing the ball down the field, and let's see, is it Kyle holding him back just to be a control freak, or is it Kyle holding him back because he's not one hundred percent confident in his deep ball placement and accuracy throwing the ball down the field? Okay, we're gonna throw up a couple exhibits. The Super Bowl could have been a walk off touchdown overthrew Emmanuel Sanders by five yards, inaccurate, right? How many times do you see Juszczyk go on a wheel route down the sideline with nobody standing there and he has to do a pirouette and the ball is over his head? That's two. That's two, number two. 
Number three. Well, I was you asked how many times. I've I've seen it happen three times in total. Uh, in yeah, no, but I'm just saying that's number two. I did number one, number two, number three. Versus the Cowboys in the playoffs. Brandon Ayuk was wide open on a shallow crosser. Had the whole left sideline, nobody there. He forced the ball out of bounds. He he threw the ball so bad it went out of bounds and pulled Ayuk out of bounds with it. The, it was a catch, but the ball was not thrown in in the right spot for IU to make the catch and then turn up the field and get yak, right? So these are ball placement issues. They're accuracy issues. It's not that Jimmy cannot throw the ball down the field. I mean, anybody can make a throw down the field. The question is, is it going to be accurate? Is the placement going to be okay? Is the velocity going to be okay? So it it's, it's kind of like, is Kyle being a, a prick doing this? Or is Kylie truly not 100% confident in Jimmy going down, down deep down the field? Now, another factor that we have to throw into the mix, the shoulder surgery. Was it that big of an issue? And um, was it that big of an issue? And that's why Kyle dialed it down. And did they correct something in the shoulder surgery? So I know we didn't get the results that we wanted from D Ford, but D Ford did make a point and said that this team found something in my back that I never knew was an issue. I don't know if you remember that. He he never came back healthy. He never finished the season with us, but he did say that we found something that was an issue that we had no idea about. Did Jimmy go through the surgery and maybe they fixed something or, you know, found something in there that now maybe he is a little bit more comfortable throwing the ball downfield or was it part of the game plan? Uh, You know, when I was on with the hive last night, this was something that we discussed, not this tweet in particular, but just seeing Jimmy throw the ball downfield and outside the numbers toward the edges, um, you know, and what what we concluded was Kyle had to stick with the game plan. There was a shot to Danny Gray. There was a shot to to uh, Ray Ray McLeod, you know, and then there was a shot to the tight end that was completed, you know, so these things were part of the game plan. Jimmy didn't practice with the guys all week. and right. You can't change up the game plan for the other 11. I mean, for the other 10 players. You got to do it for, you know, the, the game plan has to stay the same for the 10 players. And now you're going to ask the backup to come in there and do those things. Uh, so just something else to put in the back of your mind, you know. And another thing, like it, it's something stupid, something so so easy, stupid, simple, easy, whatever you want to call it. He makes the hard throws, but he can't make the easy throws. Does that make sense where – how do I explain this? Like, I'll give you a perfect example. They showed the uh, them practicing today. Okay, all it was was a drill. It was a fake toss to the right, pull it, boot to the left, and throw to the coach. The coach had to jump fucking three feet in the air to catch the ball. The next play, Purdy did it. Purdy put the ball right in the coach's chest. Didn't have to move. So it's those throws. If you're struggling making those throws, if you're struggling like even over the middle at twelve to fifteen yard range. How many times you see him sail it over George Kittle's head and the safety picks it off, right? It's things like that where he – Kyle schemes people open on every play. And if you ask a fan, like if you do a show – if you're going to do the show with the with uh, the, the Denver Bronco person that we mentioned that we spoke about in the chat, he's yeah, going yeah, no, to – We announced that Ben Albright is definitely coming. He, yeah, so if you do – I'm sure Ben Albright will admit to this. And he's a very intelligent guy. I love him. He, I follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. He will say consistently Kyle Shanahan has somebody open. So if somebody's open, why isn't Jimmy having success? Why isn't he blowing it up? 
you have opposing teams saying, you know, it's very hard, it's very hard to, to defend when people are consistently open. Someone's always open on one play with Kyle Shanahan. It's by design, right? You've heard it. I've heard it. So then if that's the case, Jimmy's numbers should be better than what they are. And, and, and that's it. Now, like, you know, I was one of them. You're one of them. There's a couple other people. We wanted to move on from Jimmy. This is Trey Lance show. Let's get him in here. Let's develop him, whatever, but we can't. Now, Jimmy quarter, Jimmy's the quarterback of the 49ers now again, and we have to deal with it, and we just have to move forward because we cheer for the 49ers and not Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's what I think about it. You know, Grant was doing his job. He attacked Jimmy. Jimmy was the weak link. He opened his mouth. He talked. It is what it is. But what we have to decide is – Kyle doing this intentionally, like saying, like, you know, I want everything under five yards with Jimmy. Or is there a legit reason where he's not 100% confident that Jimmy can make the throws at the depths that he's going to scheme people open at? That That's the main issue, and nobody has an answer. I'm interested to see this week how he looks, you know, with the surgery. He had a full week of practice and preparation as part of the game plan, is involved in the game plan, and – I want to see what it looks like. And, and, and that's going to tell you a lot. I will say this. Chicken or the egg, I don't know what exactly the reason is, but if Jimmy's going to keep talking like this when he gets to the podium and he's asked questions about why he doesn't throw deep or why he was throwing deep more and things like that, if he's going to keep saying that, I hope that Kyle hears this and says, okay, I hear you. Let's see what you got now. And then he incorporates a full game plan with short, intermediate and deep passes in there and i want to see this guy start to execute i want but to see this guy i want to see him not go to the first read because that's what kyle said to do but see yeah the first read is there for five yards but that guy is wide open down there for 15 or 20 and i want to see him make that decision and let it go and i would be okay with losing if that's how we're losing but this safe dink and dunk when we're down two scores and it's two minutes left in the game that kind of shit irks me I'm not gonna. That's when I start getting a little upset. So I say it's time to see what Jimmy can do. He's got he's got to take off the gloves and let it rip, man. I want I want to. I, I, I kind of sense that persona that that attitude and 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 presence in him that like you know he don't care. He, like he's at the point right now. He knows he's not a part of his team's future. It's it's a one year rental for him. He's trying to get himself paid, and I think he's going in with a different mentality. I really do. I think he don't give a shit. He's just going to go and, and and throw the ball. And, you know, that will be a tell-all, too. That's going to tell you. Was Kyle holding him back? What's the reason why Kyle holding him back? Why was he so inaccurate on some throws? Why? Was it because of the shoulder? Was it because of the thumb that was never corrected? We don't know. We are on the outside looking in, trying to, you know, as content creators and people that are just football fans and Niner fans, we're just trying to figure this out from the outside looking in. So it's, I mean, it is what it is. You know, someone just put in here, well, 2019, Jimmy, I want 2019 New Orleans Jimmy. Well, go back and really analyze that game. There wasn't that many deep throws down the field, and the deepest throw was by Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, so I made that face like, yeah, I don't know if that's the one you want, buddy. I, I mean, confidence-wise, confidence-wise, yeah, you, you want that Jimmy to make those quick snap decisions, but – you know, okay, but who's calling the plays? Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, the same guy everybody wants to fire because he drafted his guy who he thought could be another element of the offense, and he got hurt on a non-designed run play. So it's like, where are we going with this? We have a super chat here from my man, Niner Nick. 
DJ Niner Nick on the ones and twos, my guy. Says Jimmy G just doesn't look confident in his long ball. Other QBs, it's second nature. You know, um, you know, as a kid, you know, in high school, uh, I wanted to be the quarterback. I'm on the, I'm out there and I'm, I'm throwing some passes and things like that. And not for nothing, it's kind of like how the NBA is, right? Everyone wants to shoot the three-pointer now, right? When I was a kid and I was growing up, I didn't want to dink and dunk as a quarterback. I wanted to throw the ball downfield, and I, I like the big plays and the splash plays. Uh, and that kind of goes to what Niner Nick is saying here. It's second nature for everybody else. That's what people want to do, yet we don't quite get that confident feeling. or the It doesn't look like Jimmy wants to do it. Do you agree with what he's saying here, or do you disagree or – I, I agree and I disagree. Like you're saying that he doesn't look confident in his long ball. I agree with that, but I do think Nine in his Rick. sorry, Nine or he Rick. wants I to make. A, I think he does want to make a couple throws down the field. But let, let's take a step back and let's analyze how Kyle Shanahan's offense runs. Right? It's heavy run. It's predicated on the run. Thirty to thirty-five attempts a game. Some games you might even get more. It depends on how the flow of the game goes. Right? So. The run, the success of the run game will set up the play-action pass, and that's where Jimmy can make his money in this system. When the linebackers come up, everything goes behind them. So, you know, again, attacking the middle of the field, um, you know, Debo's play is going to go up now. Ayuk's play should go up now. So it, it's going to be if Kittle ever comes back, his play could go up. So you might get all these weapons back and – in like a perfect storm, if you will, with Kyle at the helm running his offense. Because we talk about this until we turn blue in the face. He could run a play out of a certain personnel group and then come back 15 plays later, run the same play out of a different personnel group, and it'll be attacking downfield. So, And you Piper. Know. Okay. No, you're good. Piper, we're not saying that you got to throw the ball downfield all game long. We're saying when it's there, take the shot. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. We're not saying all game long. That's what you got to do. We know that's not the case. Um, now, I do want to ask you this question. You mentioned you mentioned uh, Kittle returning. So let's let's do this one here. We got another screen share here, another video. Now, last week we had a video of George Kittle, and I, for one, didn't think it was the best looking video out there. Um, but let's. Uh, oh shit. Sorry about that, guys. Let's uh, let's take a look at this video together, and tell me, uh, Tony, does Kittle look better than he did when he first practiced on Monday or Tuesday this week? All right. So let's do a screen share here. Um, now, in in my opinion, last when we saw Kittle on the field, he looked a little not gimpy but cautious. All right. What do you see here on this play? Okay. Do the the. Yeah, I'm gonna. No, I'll, I'll take it off. Hold on, give me a second. I got it. It's just too many freaking windows here. All right, boom and boom. All right, yeah. and play. Ten times better. I could just see it right there. He looks ten times better. Than All right, ten times better. You say, huh? I think so because the last time we saw him, he was they were they weren't even doing that, where it's actually full go and you're like you know he's engaging and pushing. He yeah. was just jogging like during warmups, and you saw him like you saw everyone else running, 
and he was yeah. more like a labored jog. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this now. After this game, who do we play? Is it the Chiefs? Hold on. Can I just ask you what groin? What, what groin is it? The right or the left? What? what, what yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm asking you because you if you groin? Saw, it, yeah, you have you have a you have two hamstrings. You have two the groin muscle on the right and left oh, leg. I just assumed that the groin was just uh, the groin. Well, I didn't it, think goes, they, it goes into the into the upper leg, into like your I guess your crotch area. I don't know. I don't know. No, you're right. I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, right? So I had a groin injury, and one side hurt more than the other side, right? So exactly. I do completely. I completely understand what you're saying, but I've never heard anyone say which groin. Like I, I don't. <laughs> by these nuts. All right, I'm sorry. Um, I I don't I don't know. I don't know which side it is. But why why? Oh, you think like which leg he puts off? I mean. Did you see how they aligned them and put? And he did that block. He pushed right off his right he leg. Left. He put. He pushed to the left, not to the right. In that one. Well, he pushed with his right leg. So if he's pushing yeah. with his right leg, he's going left. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know. Let me ask you this question. One hundred percent of the offensive snaps is the total that he can play, potentially, if he's in this game, if he plays this game. My question to you is, how, what percentage do you want to see him play this game? It depends on how he looks as the game is going. If he looks good, there's no setbacks. He's not like, you know, um, uh, favoring is the word I'm looking for. If he's not favoring one side to the other, it would be – he could go whatever he could take. If he's favoring, I, I don't. I think they should, you know, lean him out. Interesting. I think regardless of how he looks, it happens. Sorry, I don't. My camera randomly turns off. I don't know why. It's a thing. The audio stays on, but the camera turns off. I'm sorry, uh, but I think regardless of how he looks, Kittle shouldn't play any more than. 60% of the snaps this game. Uh, I think this is an AFC game, so you don't want to risk them. The NFC games are what's going to count more. And following this game, we have the Rams. Then we have the Falcons – or the, the the Panthers. Then we have the Falcons. I prefer for him to be more active for these NFC games. And then we have the Chiefs after that. So I want, I want him to, you know, come in here. Let this be the warm-up game. In my opinion, we don't need Kittle out there 100% of the time. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just my opinion. And then when he's ready, when he's better, you know, let him go out there, work it off, see how he feels following the week. Maybe he misses the first practice, but then you got to be full go for the Rams matchup because that's going to be the one that counts probably the most. Right now, the 49ers are first in the NFC West. Uh, we want to stay that way. Uh, it's going to help if we can go out here and win this week and then go on and, and take one from the Rams. So I, I prefer to have him there. Um, and plus, have you been as disappointed? This is going to be a, kind of a loaded question because we haven't been scoring a ton of points, but have you been as disappointed with the outcome of the tight ends in George Kittle's absence this season? Because that's that was a big, big complaint last year, right? It's like this, George Kittle's not here. The tight end position kind of vanishes, right? Like they don't really do much of anything. 
I don't know if I feel the same this season so far. Listen, I I I I told you numerous times I if Croft could stay healthy, he could add a nice element to this to this offense. Um granted you saw in the game with the Bears where Trey I guess thought he was faster than what he really was and put it over his head a little bit and it should have been a touchdown, but I like Croft. But Croft's out. I like what Dwelly did last week. The Dwelly's like that guy that's just like that high effort guy. He's a jack of all trades, but master of none. Like you know what I'm saying? The only real thing I think he's a master of is his hands, like consistent hand catch, like catching and stuff like that. I mean, I, I just feel did they add a tight? No, they didn't. When did they do that? They do that Saturday, right? When they start deciding on who they're going to move up Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like Dwelly. Uh, we have Warner there. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, 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 you, you said it that they, they should have added somebody in the off season, but I really think they believe in what they have and it's all situational. You'll see Dwelly in on plays. You saw Crofton on plays. You saw, Warner on plays and it's situational football when it comes to their tight end group. When Kittle's not the head honcho or the lead uh, player in that position. Okay. All right. I, I I was I was pleasantly surprised with what we got from the uh from the tight ends this, this season so far. And that's blocking, that's pass catching, that's all the above. I thought they really played better in the absence of George Kittle. Down okay. the field, short intermediate. Uh, the blocking, I really like what we saw. And normally that's not the case with the tight ends when George Kittle's not out there. So uh, I, I was happy about it. Uh, Sean has a super chat. He says, thanks for the other night. Don't know what that means, but you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> who are we fooling? How many long balls have you seen Jimmy complete in his tenure? Jimmy's long balls are dead ducks. Usually the wide receiver has to come back to the ball in a go route. I think this is what Tony was kind of alluding to here. Uh, but I will say this. This is going to sound messed up, but first you got to know the rules of football. I am okay with taking shots down the field to Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod, your speed guys, where 90% of the time the DB's back is going to be turned when those, when those balls are in the air. And if it's underthrown and they stop to adjust, that DB runs into them, that's just as good as a completed pass. Give me the flag every time. That still moves the offense. It's still a first down. The only thing that it, it messes up is that wide receiver stats. You know, those don't count as a reception. Those don't count as yards for that wide receiver. But when in, in, the, in the importance of the actual game, it's just as important. It is just as important. So um, if you're not going to hit these guys, don't overthrow them, underthrow them so they can turn around and come back, and then they can draw the flag. That's my opinion on it. I'm not making an excuse for Jimmy, just knowing the rules of the game in general. That's how we lost that game in the rain last year to the Colts I believe it was last year to the Colts it was a bunch of deep underthrown passes that our yeah. DBs never turned around for and when they stopped to come back for the ball boop, contact boom a flag they win that game you know that was a game that another game that we should have won in the rain uh but you got to take advantage of the rules sometimes you know what I'm saying so if Jimmy is throwing ducks out there throw the ducks to the right people where they respect that speed and these DBs are turning around they're giving it all they got don't throw those ducks to guys like Juwan Jennings, because the DBs will get their heads around in time. And another thing, like he has poor 
deep ball accuracy, like placement, ball placement. So, you know, will it be correct? Is that something that could be corrected from this surgery? Did the surgery give him the ability to get a little more spin on the ball, a little bit drive on that ball, and to be able to rip it? These are all things we don't know. These are all things we, we're just going to have to watch and continue to, like, just keep an eye on. But, like, as far as Jimmy, what I would love to see him do to really try to get the defense to play honest is you take your two speed guys, right, and you motion them so they get free releases. Now, when you motion somebody, that means your defender cannot get their hands on them and jam them. McLeod, uh, Gray, Gray is 6'1", 195 pounds. McLeod's in the 5'9", 5'10", range. So what, what, what they should do is, you know, have them flexed all the way out, motion them in, and then let them take off. I would love to see Jimmy on a play action and have either McLeod or Gray run a uh, a deep crosser across the field in front of the safety's place and let Jimmy just put it to the sideline. So now it's either it's going to be out of bounds or it's going to be a caught or it's going to be a, a, a ball that's batted down. Now the question is, can he do this? Is he gonna like you know go back to his flat footed, just flick at a wrist, throws down the field? He's gotta be able to shift his weight and make that throw and put velocity behind it as what and get that spin on it to get it to that spot where it needs to be. And by designing a throw like that, you are literally giving the quarterback the easiest throw. It's either going out of bounds or it's going to the receiver. It's not like it's gonna be deep where you have the safety coming over. Unless he hangs it up, but it's something that like I just want to see it happen. I want to see these speed guys get involved. You know, they invested money in, in McLeod. They invested the draft pick in in Gray. I do think they have the ability to be successful with a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's got to be on design. And these guys getting free releases off the line of scrimmage. True or false, Tony? The 49ers' success in this next coming game is solely on the backs of the defense. No. I say false. I say it's on Jimmy. Wow. Wow. Because the way I look at it is, right, the Denver Bronco offensive line, Garrett Bowles is, is a solid uh, player. He's He's a grabby player. And if it's Nick Bosa, you know, it depends on the refs. Are they going to give Nick Bosa calls? Um, their interior offensive line, they drafted a kid last, last year, Reisner from uh, uh, Kansas State. He's a, he, he's a scrappy dude, so that's something I want to see with Ken Law getting in, you know, involved with him. Their center, I think, is uh, uh, Cushenberry, I think, from LSU. Um, I don't know the rest of the guys, but I do like the, the depth and the matchup of the – Defensive line versus their offensive line. And like I said earlier in the show, Russell Wilson's not that runaround guy anymore. He's the more of a pocket guy now. So now you are restricting his launch launching space from the width of the field to a pocket. So if they take their lanes, they rush responsible, they send a blitzer off the edge. Uh, I honestly feel if that defensive line can get there, I think it's going to help the secondary. I think it's going to help the second level. But now it might come down to where Kyle needs to throw a ball and, and make a big play. And Jimmy needs to make that play now, right? We all said Kyle's going 100, 100% in on the run, right? 30 to 35 attempts at games is going to be the norm. 
play action off of it. You know, there could be a couple shotgun lineups where Jimmy just dinks and dunks down the field, a couple tunnel screens with Debo getting the ball in his hands quick. But there might come a point in this game where it's third and seven and Jimmy needs to make a throw. You know, down by two or uh, only a three-point lead in the fourth quarter. Jimmy's going to have to make that throw, and he's got to show it that he can do it. And that's why I think it's sorely on Jimmy because the taste in my mouth from last year, he couldn't make those throws when it was needed. So we're right back into square one with a better surrounding cast. So let's see how it works out. I think the talent around Jimmy is much better. I think the offensive line for Jimmy is better this year. Now, we've played some really good pass rushers so far. Yeah. We've played some good defensive tackles. We've played some good edge guys. No one's talking about it because we haven't just got, had a game where our quarterbacks are getting plastered all game long. So it seems like we haven't played anyone, but we've gone up against some solid deep defensive linemen so far. Um, and especially in the rain where these guys are reacting to the moves that those defensive line, that's an advantage for the defensive line. A rain game, in my opinion, is an advantage for them. Now, maybe they can't get their footing the right way. I don't know. But as far as the move that they're going to make, it's easier for them to go ahead and make those moves, and it's much, much harder in the rain for offensive linemen to react. Um, but let me ask you this question about Russell Wilson. Let me ask you this question about Russell Wilson. Switch to the other side of the ball. In the last 19 games, would you say that Russell Wilson is more – of a scrambling quarterback, less of a scrambling quarterback, or on par for what we know him to be? I think he's less. He's less. I agree. I I agree so much. And that's how it favors our defensive line because now it's not a mo I'm not going to say it's not a mobile guy, but it's not a run-first guy. It's a guy that's going to sit in the pocket and try to wait for something, and if something's not there, he'll try to peel out and try to run. So – He's going to be sitting back there. So these guys, I think, are going to have an opportunity to get back there and make some noise. Listen, they don't have to sack him on every play, nor do I expect them to. But I will tell you this, if you get him thinking and you get his feet shoveling, you start seeing him pat that ball, you know, I, I think they could get to him and throw something off and they hopefully make a turnover, you know, something like that. I'm not saying the Niners are going to blow the shit out of the freaking Broncos by all means, but it, it's – They're not going to blow anybody. It's blow them out. That's hard. <laughs> They're not going to blow out the Broncos, what I'm basically saying. I see someone in here just said, you know, Russell Wilson Did is you his daddy. But when Russell Wilson was as dominant as he was, there was a better team around him in Seattle with a better defense. And Moose is a running back. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the let me ask you this. Did you consider the last game a blowout? Um, no, because the way it ended. It's going to sound crazy, but bro, we won that game by 20. How but many they, more points do you need to count it by to count it as a blowout? But they left more on the field. If you think about it, the field goal that was blocked, that, sh that should have been seven points. Well, okay. Let's say that field goals go through and all the rest of the game goes the way that it does. We finished that game 30 to nothing, Tony. That one play, you consider it not a not a not a blowout. I, I see it as what, I, I see it as what was left on the field. 
Wow. I think I think there if was it was, if it was 17-37, would you consider that a blowout? Huh? 17 to 37. Would you consider that a blowout? It's still a 20-point win. Yeah, but like like I'm looking at I'm not looking at numbers, Mike. I'm looking at performance on the field. There's a difference. Okay. I'm not I'm not a guy that watches stats and this and shit. I don't give a result. I look at what I see and I see punts and I see field goals. I I'd say that is leaving stuff on the field. When you settle for a field goal because your offense can't punch it in, that is you know what I'm saying? It's troublesome. Yes. I get it because against a good offense, you gotta you gotta really take advantage of those situations. So I, I well, now, if you're telling me, let's say instead of the two field goal, what was the final score? Twenty-seven to seven. So they kicked what? One. We kicked two field goals. We made two field goals. We had three touchdowns. We made two field goals, uh, and we had one blocked for a seven-point return. All right. Well, so let's say let, let's say they added two field goals. They scored an extra 10 points. You know what I'm saying? So out of two, so I'm looking at it as three attempts and you came up with six points, right? That's the way I'm supposed to the, the optimal being 21. 21. I get what so you're if saying. You split the distance and you go 10, 10. Then I'd be like, okay. It's not where I want it, but it's a, it's you're getting more than what you got. So it's a it's, damn it's close. I right? see what you're saying. So, with you. Like I heard I, David Lombardi said on his podcast today, like, you know, oh, you know, the C, the Seahawks had a 10-point swing. I said, how is there a 10-point swing? He's like – He's right. Yeah, but you can't factor in taking three from San Francisco and returning it for a touchdown because the three was never on the board for Seattle. The final score was seven. Yes, but it's still a ten point swing. We but gave it seven. Ten points. It's it's a ten point swing because so that one play we were minus three, and they were plus seven. That's a that's a just a difference of ten. That one play was a ten point swing. He's he's right. He's right. But the way he said it, it was they had ten points. He they said it. Have, that's they, why I was like, it doesn't make sense yeah. that. You're telling me that Seattle gained 10 points off that play when the no. final score was I, seven. I get what you're saying. Yeah, they didn't gain 10 points, but it was definitely a 10-point swing. I yeah. like I, I understand what he was saying. I, I do, I do, I get it. Because I said the same thing in that same moment. I was like, oh my God, that's a 10-point swing. We can't let it go out like that. We're like, we we gotta we gotta come back. And that's when I was like, we're not scoring anymore. I got really negative. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, we're not gonna score anymore. And then luckily we did end up getting in the end zone one more time. So that was that was good for the Niners. Um, and by the way, I like the Browns Elf logo. Um, I had this game back in the day called uh, Damn. It was on Sega. It might have been Madden, where you could press different combinations when selecting your teams, like of the A, B, and C button, and then he would go boom or bam, and another team would pop up. You just had to like know a combination of buttons to press. And there was this old ass like nineteen sixties four. Browns team and it was the Elf logo and I love playing with them. They had a, a Bills logo, no, a Patriots logo where it was a guy snapping the ball like the old militia uniforms snapping the ball. That was another team that I like to play with just because it was a um, it was a it was a something that you didn't see in the common NFL anymore. That logo was gone. I like when teams bring back the old school logos, man. I really do. So, um, 
Got two graphics to show them. We can get out of here. We've had a nice long night so far. Uh, these two graphics are going to talk about players on the defense here. Uh, we're going to start with Tracy Sandler's uh, tweet here. She says, from the prospector, uh, Nick Bosa has seven quarterback hits tied for first in the NFL, three sacks tied for third in the NFL, and three tackles for loss tied for fifth in the NFL. Uh, that doesn't sound like a lot, right? When you first see the tweet, it's like, all right, so. But then when you stop and think about it, this is over just two games. And one of those games was in the nasty, nasty rain. I talked about how that favors the the uh, defensive player here. Tony, is Nick Bosa about to set a record? If he if he's getting three sacks every two games, so let's cut it down to 16. That's eight. So eight times three is 20. Eight times three is 24. And you got to add one and a half more. That's 25 and a half. Nick Bosa's on pace for 25 and a half sacks. Is he is he about to go out there and like, ta-da, I'm here? Does he get defensive player of the year now that TJ Watt is out for the next four weeks? Through Well, they actually think that TJ Watt's going to come back in, in a week and a half or two weeks because they didn't put him on IR. But that's neither here nor there. Um, who, if not Nick Bosa, who? And what do you think about those stats? I'll pop them back up there for you again. So I, you think Bosa, I think I think I think is on a mission this year. He's looking to get paid, and I I, I think he's definitely going to go absolutely insane with the sack total this year. I don't know what number, but if he keeps on his pace, he's got three sacks. If he gets another sack a game, we play what four to fifteen games. It's fifteen sacks. A sack and, and a half. A sack and a half a game finishes the season at twenty five and a half. That's what was Strahan's record? Twenty-two. Strahan has a record for all-time sacks. I think so. Yeah, remember the game where Brett Favre just slid down, or was it Aaron? Wow. Was it Brett my man, my man in Buffalo has the. Oh, they weren't counting sacks as a stat back then. Is it uh, Bruce no? Smith? Strahan has the sack number. It's twenty. I thought, thought JJ Watt had it. Uh, let me see sack record NFL. Let's see what it is. Chris Dolman. What the fuck? Dolman is the Yo, this it says Chris Dolman. He and a teammate Keith Miller combined for thirty nine sacks, most ever by a duo. Why is that the first thing that pops up? Like, why would I? Yeah, Michael Strahan. You're right. Twenty two and a half. Uh, Justin Houston. I remember that season. Twenty fourteen. Twenty two. Jared Allen. Twenty two. J.J. Watt, I know, is up there somewhere. Yeah, there he is, 20 and a half. Uh, there's a couple guys with 22. Uh, Mark Gastineau. Uh, Chris Dolman had uh, 21 sacks. Reggie White, 21 sacks. Aaron Donald had 20 and a half. J.J. Watt, 20 and a half. J.J. Watt again with 20 and a half. Lawrence <laughs> Taylor, 20 and a half. Demarcus Ware, 20. Derek Thomas, 20. Tony, can Nick Bosa get in the top 20 of all time sacks. He's got to he's got to he, he's got to get 19, 19 or more. Can he do it this year? He could. He could. I think he could. This kind of shit excites me, man. It really does excite me, man. I'm sorry. I am sorry i am getting hype. I mean, let me chill out. 
Let me chill out. All right. Here's another one for you, man. I got I got a question. Uh, one more one more graphic for you here. This is uh, Traverius Ward. Now, listen, man, I know everyone's calling him Mooney now because he came out and said people that know me call me Mooney. I don't know this man. I am always going to call him Traverius Ward. I know that he said people that know me call me Mooney, like everybody, like teachers, coaches, they all they all call me Mooney. That's cool. They know him. I don't know this guy. I have no idea who he is. I see people tweeting like Mooney Ward said whatever, whatever. Mooney Ward just did this. Mooney did this. And I like have to like, I'm, I'm not hesitating because I know who they're talking about, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, lowest completion percentage in the NFL since 2021. That's not just counting here at the Niners, by the way. Mm-hmm. That is all of last season and through this season so far. The last two years, he is number one. And there's a big gap difference. Right, so look at the gap between number one and number two. All right, you're talking almost three full percent, and then look at the gap between two and three. It's 0.8 percent. Look who number three is a former fifth round draft pick by the Niners. Yeah, and that guy they tried to stash, and that was just that pissed me off, and that was that was just bad. But anyhow, minimum 60 targets, and this guy is a corner. DJ Reed is playing what position? Isn't he playing safety? He's playing safety. He played everywhere. Nickel, safety, outside. Safety, nickel, right? Yeah. He so played both these two, I think. Chevarius Ward is out there doing his thing. Niners pride with the tweet. 49ers cornerback Chevarius Mooney Ward has been money uh, via next-gen stats. Lowest completion percentage in the NFL since 2021. I don't care about the guys that were doing it in 2018, 2019, 2020, right? I want to know about what you're doing right now. And this is it. Do the 49ers have the best corner in the NFL right now, Tony? Come on, man. Give it to me, bro. Say yes. Come on, Tony. You can say it. Don't be scared. Do we have the best corner in the NFL, bro? Based on those numbers, yeah, you have to say it. (laughs) Let's go, man. And that's the scariest that's the scariest part of it all. Look at this. Agent, uh, what do you go? Agent 49 just said it. Wait till Jimmy gets back. Ward. Wait till Jimmy Ward gets back. And that's going to be interesting. Oh, okay, okay. Here you go. Here you go. What what do you how do you think that affects uh Mooney? I just no, not not doesn't affect him. I just think it's gonna make the defense even better. I don't with know. that type of speed and IQ back there. And, and I'm telling you, bro, that Jimmy Ward, we talked about it. And who's the most important player to lose? And, we, you know, I think I said Warner. I think you said Jimmy Ward. It's Ward, Jimmy yeah. Ward. I said Ward. I definitely said Ward. Uh, and the team hasn't missed a beat. So maybe I was wrong, Tony. I, I could have been wrong on that. All right. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you're going to be on the show tomorrow night with Benjamin Albright. Do you plan on joining or no? And if not, I got a couple more questions for you uh, pertaining to the game. You could ask me now, and then if I join, I join for tomorrow. I'll All right, do so some the Niners questions. are traveling. Uh, the Niners are traveling out to Denver, uh, mile high. We're going to – the stories are going to come. I hate I hate when the Niners play um, the Broncos because it's the same reports regurgitated every single year, uh, the altitude and the breathing and da-da-da. Like, I don't need to see articles on that anymore. I can revisit the ones from the last – 12 years where we played them three times. Like, I don't need to see those articles anymore, but they're going to come out. People are going to talk about the altitude and all that stuff. Um, 
What are your keys to victory for the 49ers? Let's do offensive side of the ball, then we'll do defensive side of the ball. Then I'm going to ask you for a final prediction. Offensive side of the ball, they got to slow the fighter on, and Jimmy has to make the plays. Jimmy has to make the passes that are basic passes. He has to make the throws that are schemed open. It can't be like, you know, pat, pat, check down. It's got to be if the throw's there, you're going to make the throw. You you have the quickest release in the league. You know, you're you're known for that. It's been talked about all offseason. If it's there, let it rip. Your shoulder's fixed. Let it go. Let it rip, and that's it. And just, you know, if they can run the ball, if they can protect Jimmy, I think um, I'm going to stick with my 30 to 35 rushing attempts and a balanced attack on offense. Like, I mean, what was the ba- what was the rushing attempts last week? And they still managed to fit like two yards off from being 50 50 in, in, in total yards. Um, last you said last week, right? Not you're not talking about the season total. No, just what was it last week? They were like one. 49 to like 151 or something no, passing yards. Well, oh, 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 oh. I thought you wanted to know how many rushing attempts. I'm sorry. So, no, how many uh, rushing yards? 184 passing yards and 189 rushing yards. We had more yes. rushing yards than we had passing. I think if it sticks to that, I think the Niners should not have a tough time beating them. I, I mean, it's all about, I mean, what was the possession of the clock? Yeah. 38 minutes versus 21 minutes. Yeah. And, and, and you Absolutely know, insane. That's, what Kyle wants to do. that's what Kyle wants to do. Yeah. That's you want to do that, but that's not realistic, bro. Like, come on now. That's not realistic, Tony. But if you have success running the ball, it's very realistic because you control pace. This is where I disagree with you. I, th- I think, I think I disagree with you. Let me say it first. Uh, I don't think it's about success running the ball. I know that sounds cliche. I think it's about your defense getting those guys off the field three and outs. Well, I think that our, us getting their their offense off the field just gave us more opportunities. Their time of possession in a three it and out. Of, they it's they had a time. three and out. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. They had a three and out that lasted fifty seven seconds. Correct. That, that's why our time of possession is slanted the way it is. But then if the, Nor- the Niners come out and have an eight-minute, eight, nine-minute drive on all run plays, that's what I'm talking about. If your defense plays to their – their defense knows their role and plays their job and the offense can have success running the ball, that's how you have the outcomes that we had last week. You're not forced to start spreading the ball all over the place and putting him in positions where he's not comfortable making these throws. And then the next thing you know, you're behind two scores. That's why I think Kyle's going into this saying 30 to 35 attempts a game. That's it. I'm done. Did Let you see that tackle it. by Bush? No, I'm, I was looking down. How much time is left in the game? Did you see that run on second down just now? He literally that picked him up. Phenomenal tackle, bro. I knew this guy was about to score. On oh, this my play. God. His knee buckled. Holy Christ. Yeah. I've never seen a guy by one person. Look, at look. I just knew he was going to take that momentum in the, in, into the end zone. Wow. What a phenomenal tackle by him. Holy smokes. Well, he that got under great. it. You should have he seen it in live, in live time, bro. Like he uh, – uh, look how he could push that pile, but one-on-one he couldn't do it before. That is insane. I knew he was going to score on that last play. All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. Um, 
Yeah, I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. So your but, key to the game for the offense is running the ball successfully, maintaining yeah. possession of the ball. What about on defense? What you got for us? Defense, they just have to play to their keys and play 49ers defense, and that's it. They All just right. got to. That's a generic answer. Let me ask you. I'm, I'm going to put more pressure on you here. Well, hold on. How is it a generic answer when they've done that week in and week out, except for no, stupid because, penalties? No, but because that's always the game plan. Huh? All, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's always the game plan. Like, let's let's you know get them off the field. Let's stick to our cues. Don't make yeah. any mistakes or penalties. Like that's I, I that's why I'm saying it's a generic. That's what we do. That's why our defense is so good. So let me be clear. I'm not disagreeing with you. There. I want to try to get a little bit more out of you. Um, worst case scenario. The Niners' defense, not special teams, the defense can give up blank amount of points and we still win this game. Give me the most amount of points we can give up and we still win this game. That I don't know. If the defense gave up 17 points in this game, do you think we can still win? It depends on what, what, what goes on the other side. That's why I said your best defense is a run game. By keeping the offense on the sideline, if your defense can, if just put it like this, if Kyle's going to rush for 30 to 35 attempts and it's going to be a low scoring game, that means the offense is not having that much success. Success. You understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So that's why I came out and said on offense, establish the run and just make the plays that he needs to play, make the throws that right. he needs to complete in the game. So if you come out and play 49er football, run it, ground and pound. Time of possession, defense cause turnovers and get after the quarterback and force three and outs. That's 49er football now. Ground and pound falls apart in the red zone 90% of the time. Okay. If you have a team that runs the ball really well all game long, they typically struggle in the red zone because okay. now your your secondary can also play the run. So my question is this. Let me, let me try to change it up a little bit. You talked about how you didn't consider it a blowout based off of three field goal attempts or three scoring attempts and, you know, uh, only one of them being a touchdown or whatever. Um, If they score 20 points, the Niners have to have four scoring drives to tie that. That's two Mm -hmm. touchdowns and two field goals. Mm -hmm. Right? You with me so far? Mm -hmm. Okay. If they score 22 points, do you think the Niners can win this game? That means that we have to have five scoring drives. That means that we have to have three touchdowns and two field goals to win this game. Do you think? Do you think this 49ers uh, Jimmy Garoppolo led offense can put up five scoring drives on a team? Forget the outcome of touchdowns, field goals, or whatever. Do you think we have five scoring drives in this in this game? I don't know. Not confident. I don't know what right. Jimmy's going to show. I I don't know where Jimmy is. I I don't know where he is. I don't know. I mean, he how many throws did he make last week? He had twelve attempts. Fifteen I attempts. Got I got it pulled up right here. Jimmy Garoppolo finished finished the game with uh, twenty one attempts for thirteen completions. So thirteen for twenty one. So he missed eight throws. Sixty six percent. What was his average? Uh, 7.3 yards per attempt. He finished with only 154 and a touchdown. 
I don't know. I'm going to say yeah because I'm a Niner fan, but football-wise – Five five scoring drives is hard for this team. We know that, even with Trey. It is. It is hard, but the way I'm trying to look at it is if they're having success with the run game, if it's close and they're not getting blown out, I think they could do it. But if they're getting – if they get like a two-score lead on them, and they force to become one dimensional. One dimensional. If, if who gets a two score lead, the Broncos. Oh, if the Broncos I, get a two score lead, okay. Yeah, the Broncos. So this the key is to just keep it close. That's what I think Kyle's gonna do. All right, all right, man. That's gonna do it, guys. I unless you guys know, I, I just don't know. I didn't do nothing all off season except for throw passes to. The strength of development coach. I mean, he threw passes the ball, boys. You could you could call it what it was. Yeah, like I mean, how how could we sit there and say I know exactly where he is? I know how the shoulder is. We don't know shit. I just think I think five scoring plays is a lot for the Niners. I think if we go two and two, that puts the Niners at exactly twenty points. We got to keep them to seventeen points or less if we want to win this game. That's that's how I see it. We got to keep them to 17 points or less. Uh, they are only throwing one touch. They only only scoring, I should say, one touchdown a game. So we got a good shot at it. We got a good shot at it. What we can't do is revert back to the 2020 season where the 49ers were everybody's get right game. They said, oh, you can't run the ball. Then the Niners give up 170 rushing yards. Oh, you can't yeah, throw the ball. There's, there's a lot of reason that has to be accounted for in that, right? You trotted out Josh Norman as your starting quarterback, and teams just literally ran go routes on him, and there was a flag thrown on every play. So you're flip-flopping the field position in a matter of, what, 10 seconds? Yeah. Plus you're getting a first down, even though you're not completing the pass. So that you have to put that – that that's the main context of that whole topic right there, was who they trotted out as their corners and – because of the situation that the, the corners put that team in, the offense almost became one-dimensional. So you have that, and then you have that, and then you put that together, and it spells a disaster. Because, yeah. you know, we all agree, and we all said last year, he's not that guy. Jimmy's got to be – Jimmy's a system quarterback. He's got to be a, a – the system has to be able to work for him to have success, meaning run, play action, and then there's times where he could sit in the shotgun and try to dump it off real quick on a Texas route, a tunnel screen to the left, or a right with Debo, the reverse, maybe a reverse pass we might see. So there's all factors in this. It depends. I think the defense is a lot better than last year. There's more depth in the defensive line. There's the secondary, the secondary is upgraded all around except for Jimmy Ward. Um, but, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot you have to take it. And what's the what's the weather? Because every the last two weeks they played in the rain. If we have three rain games in a row, I swear to God, uh, this team is cursed. I told you it was Denver, a cloud falling this year. Denver forecast Sunday, sunny, seventy six degrees, ladies and gentlemen. That is perfect football weather. And by the way, when we go to play the game around eight p.m. Oh wait, what what time zone are they in? They're an hour behind us. Western, uh, mountain, mountain. Sorry, so they're they're one hour behind us. Two. All right, so I, six p.m. their time. It is 
Oh, shit. That is saying 80 degrees. Oh, no, that's Tuesday. Hold on. Sunday. Let me click Sunday. 6 p.m. Sunday. We're looking at a beautiful 70 degrees. Good. That is perfect football weather right there, baby. That is perfect. Robbie Gold is going to have his longest field goal of his career. Robbie Gold's going to make a 63-yard field goal in this game. If you got him in fantasy, you put his ass in. No rain, clear skies, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, man. Let's go. All right, that's going to do it, man. Tony, you know what time it is at the end of every show. We do final thoughts. Go ahead and give it to me, man. If you got anything else to say, I don't know if I'm going to see you tomorrow on the show with Ben Albright. We'd love to have you here. If you can't make it, I completely understand. Uh, thanks for breaking this down so far. We didn't really get into Denver, but that's what I'm going to do with Ben Albright. So we did that by design, guys. Make sure you guys have those notifications set. We don't have a time set yet because Ben's schedule is crazy. All right. But we will be back live tomorrow at some point with Ben Albright. Uh, Tony, final thoughts. Let's go home, man. Uh, I mean, I pretty much touched on it. The offensive line has to continue to um, develop and, and continue to progress forward. Uh, uh, Jimmy's just got to play to the system. If he can make the throws that are open, the D, the offense should be okay. If the run game could get going, the balance, you know, Everyone kept saying, well, why the hell did you draft another back in the third round? Well, because we're down two backs already this year. It is in week three. So, you know, Sermon wasn't the guy. Sermon wasn't a fit in, this, in San Francisco, so they moved on and they brought these guys in. So expect to see a heavy dose of uh, Jeff Wilson, potentially Mack and Mason. I don't think they pull anybody else up. I don't even think they add. Oh, yeah, they, they added Tevin Coleman. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that if Coleman's going to get elevated or not, and if we see Coleman before we see Mac. So I think that's going to be interesting. What, what Kyle thinks there, to be honest with you, talent-wise, I think it should be Mac, even though he hasn't been the same since he came off the Achilles. But the ties to Tevin Coleman, does that supersede the talent? So um, the defense, I just want to see pressure from Bosa. You know, Armstead's got a foot. He didn't practice today, so there's a little um, – uh question for his availability for this weekend uh just i just want to see the, the defense to continue to play at the level that they're playing uh turnovers pressure in the backfield the linebackers are flying around the second level just gotta play smart football because russell wilson's a slider and he will bait your ass so just you know heads up football um yeah i mean uh, for a score i think if all the stars align I think the Niners could walk out of there. Uh, shit, I don't know. I think the Niners could walk out of there potentially. Come on, just say 2017, man. You know it. You know it and I know it. Mm, I don't know. 2017 is a good number, but I'm going to go – 24-20. Tony, that's a lot of scoring drives for the Niners. That's so many scoring drives for the Niners, man. I think it's going to be twenty around the 24-20 range. It could be more. It could be less. The Niners could lose. But I, I just think right now, as good as this defense is playing and the offensive line is starting to 
it's not there yet, but it's starting to get there. Like, especially the interior, the biggest question marks, it, it's starting to get there. I think the Niners could do their business and, and leave. Um, but again, listen, we are playing Russell Wilson, like Daniel Garcia just said. And <laughs> um, I didn't want to say it, but I just looked at the chat and it popped right up. So I had to say it. So you just got to tame and control Russell Wilson. Keep him in the pocket, knock him around a couple times. He's going to get the flags. He does his flailing. So just be heads up about that. And that's that. That's all I got. You're mute again. God damn it, guys. That's it for Tony. I'm going to remind you guys now to head on over to our Patreon. I know it's on prime time, but we will be watching the game live. And the first live show of the season means one thing on the 49ers, uh, nothing but Niners Patreon. Fireworks, baby. Get ready to hear those fireworks going off after every touchdown. You're going to hear the ball going. That's going to be sounding. And then you're going to hear fireworks going off right afterwards. So you guys make sure you guys are in the place to be. Head on over there. This has been a fun time. I want to thank you guys for checking us out. I'm going to play an advertisement at an obligation. So if you guys want to leave the chat now, now is the time to do it. Uh, Tony, let's go home, man. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We're out of here, guys. Today's show is brought to you by our partners over at prizepicks.com. That is prizepicks.com, all right? If you guys have never been there before, this is good. I got something special for you, all right? Go over there to prizepicks.com, sign up, put in your email. It's going to ask you for a promo code. Plug in NB9ERS, like NB9ers. You see it right behind me. You see it at the bottom of the screen. Promo code NB9ERS. You want to bet $10? They're going to match your $10. You're getting free money, guys. You want to bet $50? They're going to match your $50. You want to put in and deposit $100. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to match $100. You guys are getting free money here. And then you get to go have a lot of fun. The sign-up is easy as you could possibly think of. I'm not kidding, guys. All you need is an email address, and all you need is to put in your password, and then boom, put in the promo code. Zach, let's show people how easy it is, all right? Zach is my Vanna White tonight, okay? He's going to do-do-do-do-do. All right, so we're going to go here. You guys can see it. Boom. Promo code. Continue. Uh, he's going to put in his full name. I'm going to take that down because I don't want you guys to see all his personal information over there. All right. And then as soon as he's done, we're going to put in the card number. We're going to show you guys just how easy it is. And then we're going to do a little something, something with the 49ers and Bears game. All right. I think we know this team pretty well. Let's just see exactly how well we know this team. All right. Heading into tonight and looking at what we got going on. Anything that's for George Kittle right now, I'm taking the under, guys. I'm taking under because George Kittle might not even play. So if he's listed over there, I got to take the under, right? I think, Zach, that's the smart thing to do at this point, right? Got to be. Yeah, baby. Yeah. All right. So we're going to show you guys just how simple, how easy this is. We're going to have a lot of fun with it, all right? All right. I'm all ready to go. All right. Here we go. So, guys, we are on full screen. Now, again, guys, this is our partners over here at prizepicks.com. Again, prizepicks.com. All you got to do is use the promo code nb 9 ERS. You don't want to put in the promo code. You don't like that kind of stuff. That's fine. We have a direct link for you here. Bit.ly slash nothing but Niners. All
we all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey, see, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. Them nothing but niners. Nothing but niners. We nothing but niners.